You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is The Bike Show. You'd thought there was no more bike show. That was the tenor of one or two emails I'd received from anxious listeners on the FM and on the podcast. But we're back for the summer season. And we're kicking off the uh, summer season with a show featuring some very long bike rides. Well, longer than the ones that I'm used to doing around town. delve into epic bike rides um, it's worth mentioning that it is of course bike week this week it's excellent timing that we return to the airwaves UK's bike week something that's gone through a little bit of uh, evolution over the years um, not quite sure what it means this year but essentially bike week is just an excuse to get out and do something if if you're into bicycles and there are lots of little um, events going on I don't think there's any big great big grandstanding thing in Trafalgar Square um, which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing keep it local a couple of events that I'd like to pick out for you are um, actually on the subject of long bicycle rides is a, a, a talk by Alistair Humphreys in store at Stamford's the best uh, travel and maps shop in London down there in uh, Longacre and Alistair has come back from cycling 46,000 kilometres around the world, and he's giving a talk about that um, tomorrow evening. That's Tuesday evening, 17th of June. Um, it does cost £2 to get in, and you can make a booking um, on 0207 836 Definitely worth going along for that. I hear that his talks are rather brilliant. And the other thing which is beginning kind of with Bike Week um, later this week, but going on for the whole of the next month, is a, a series, series of talks and bike rides organised by the uh, London Festival of Architecture and Field and Clegg Bradley Studios, the firm of architects who are particularly into their bike riding. And there's a really fantastic programme. It's very hard to pick out... Um, you know particular highlights but I would uh, draw your attention to a ride um, about public spaces in politics led by Emily Thornbury MP on Sunday the 6th of July Beneath the City Streets 
is being led by the redoubtable Barry Mason of Southwark Cyclists. That's on the 12th of July, 2 till 6. Rediscovering Central London's Public Realm, a provocative look at London's public spaces from Professor Richard Burdett, one of the city's most eminent advisors on the public space and architecture. Just a few of the um, excellent rides, and I'll put a link to the full programme on the Bike Show's website, which is thebikeshow.net. Or just Google The Bike Show, because I think The Bike Show pretty much comes up on the top of the Google ratings. Such is our renown these days. But it's two the very long bike rides that is the main feature of this show this week that we now turn. And I happen to be in March out in southern Thailand, and I just happened by complete chance to come upon a family who were cycling from... Singapore up to China. They were around about halfway along. And uh, the interesting thing about this family is that they were um, with two young uh, children, sort of one four years old and one 17 months old, um, being towed along in a trailer and seeming to have an absolute fantastic time. Anyway, the name of the couple is Ryan and Alicia Witten. And I, um, I asked them what they were doing in the middle of Thailand, on bicycles. We uh, started in Singapore, and we're headed to, to China. So we've kinda, we haven't done a direct. We've done about a total of uh, s- um, about 1,700 uh, kilometers, but we've kind of had a couple sections in Malaysia that we skipped with a bus because the traffic got really crazy. So, yeah. And it's uh, important to mention that we are in one of the hottest parts of the year in Southeast Asia, and you're not just traveling with yourselves, but with uh, two children. Yeah, and um, we were planning on moving a little quicker, so we thought it would still be cool, the cool time of year, but um, we started January 10th, and we end up kind of getting stuck certain places, so we'll like stay on an island for a week, or we, we don't cycle constantly. We probably cycle maybe half the time, and then... Like half the time we were doing whatever, you know, just relaxing and vacationing. So, and what was the idea uh, for the journey? Um, I, I think uh, life got kind of um, stressful back home with the business, and and uh, we just kind of we wanted to simplify our lives and kind of just like slow down and enjoy new people that we might meet and kind of see the world. So, and where are you from? Um, Colorado, in America. Uh-huh. So why this part of the world? We've never been to Asia. <laughs> we, we've traveled a lot in, uh, you know, Europe and um, in South America, but never Asia. So. So you did the thing of arriving in the airport in Singapore, right, and just rolling off yeah. from the uh, from the airport front gates and thinking. What side of the road do they even drive on? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny because in Colorado when we left, um, we were leaving during a, a big snowstorm and uh, we were wearing sandals because we knew we'd never need our boots. So it was kind of funny walking through the snow to the airport, you know, in our sandals. <laughs> and so uh, your children, how old are they and how have they been finding the journey? Uh, we have two children, uh, Jade and Eva. And Jade is four years old, and Eva is about 17 months. And they're doing all right. They're having a lot of fun. Jade, our older daughter, she especially loves 
uh, swimming. She, I think she'll be a fish one day. She'll, she'll probably scuba dive when she gets older, but she's having a lot of fun on the beaches, and, and uh, yeah. Eva's having a lot of fun as well. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a max, and I can see some fish. I, we, we was um, on a boat, and we was going on a scuba dive trip boat, and I saw some beautiful fish. Which was your favorite fish? Uh, Mimo. I saw some, yeah, I saw beautiful fishies, but I saw, like, pokey things. They're like, but they sting you, but they're, they're black. They have stingy on. Oh, sea urchins, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. Where, where did you go swimming yesterday, Jay? Uh, remember in the street, waterfalls and streams? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went swimming where there's, um, waterfalls Water and caves. water caves and... I was going swimming in there, and I, was, I saw some beautiful fishies. But and what do you think about the cycling? Does it get boring sitting in the back on the trailer, or is it fun? Um, some parts because I'm getting a little bit hot, getting boring, getting hot. But sometimes I like being in the trailer because Daddy gives me like some special stuff, and I don't know, like ice cream, like <laughs> ice cream and everything. And so, how have you? fared with the heat because it has been very hot right you kind of make do i mean i think recently it's been we've been it's been hotter than when we started because we, we were started in malaysia which was kind of their still a little bit their monsoon so lots of cloudy weather um but there's also advantages to the heat because we don't have to worry about being cold at night because we camp quite a bit and um we don't have to worry so but um yeah, we kind of make a plan every day. We'll say we're going to cycle to here and take a long break. So you have to kind of deal with it, you know. So you're getting up early in the mornings, making the most of the cool of the mornings, if there is much cool. Yeah, yeah. And, we're, and, we, and we, uh, take, we've take, like I said, we take a lot of breaks, you know. We're not, like, just here to try to prove anything, cycle from one place to the next. It's more of just kind of become a lifestyle, and we love to cycle. So it's kind of uh, a way of getting... We, we, every time we're on our bikes, we meet so many people, like... Last night, we just kind of rolled into this little town, and we, it's people invited us to stay with them, and we set up a room. This happens time and time again, especially with the kids. We just, and then they fed us, and, you know, fed us breakfast again this morning, and they sent us off with food. So we've, I've, I've met more people on this trip than I ever have on any trip when I was, was by myself or without kids, because we just, everywhere we go, people are so hospitable, and we've had like a weekend time where we stayed at different people's houses and never had to pay for a hotel so we, it's a lot of a lot of it's pretty exciting sometimes and how about the traffic conditions um we've we've had a couple places in malaysia where the traffic was pretty heavy we've never had any but really anybody run us off the road people have been really courteous as far as giving us space and uh, i think in malaysia that's why um we we kind of, we, we, twice we took a bus just to get past some certain sections because it wasn't very nice cycling. But Thailand here has been great. I mean, we've been able to pick, pick some good routes, and a lot of it is just staying off the, you know, some of the real main highways, but it's been really good, nice shoulders, and you know, it hasn't been a problem at all. Well, we all know, as Lance Armstrong says, it's not about the bike, but can we take a quick look at your bikes? Yeah. <laughs> very nice to see the uh, flying the flag of English leather saddles here with the brooks yeah. b17 
on the, the back there. But the, they're basically classic kind of touring touring yeah, bikes, really. They're, they're actually a steel bike frame, and I, I built the bikes up because uh, you wanted more uh, for comfort and durability. You're not oh, trying. So you build them yourself. Yeah, I bought the frame and then bought all the parts separate and mm-hmm. built them. Um, which was kind of fun because then you know everything that's going on. Yeah. I, did, I did a tour trip once before, and my wheels were constantly out of true, and I had lots of problems and not not very comfort much comfort. So I decided just to spend the extra time and money to get exactly what I wanted this time. Yeah. And so you've got the uh, the bar end shifters, um, yeah. so which are, I guess make a little bit more sense in terms of repair and that kind yeah. of thing. Everything is yeah, everything everything's kind of for comfort and for durability. You know, the wheels are lots of spokes, so they're really strong and. We I mean, we have not hardly had a serious bike issue yet. We've done like you know um, about sixteen hundred kilometers, nothing. I mean the wheels have stayed perfectly true. We haven't had a flat yet. So, yeah, yeah. and the and the and the trailer here is um, attached to the um, to the rear triangle, not to the not to the seat post. Yeah, the, the kids definitely have it the best. I mean it's a very pretty luxurious ride back there, and they have the full seatbelt harnesses, so they're pretty safe. Yeah. So they sleep sleep load back there. So they usually okay. come out. A lot of times they're in pretty good mood because they had a long nap. <laughs> okay, and they, you can keep them out of the sun, can you? Because that's yeah. important. Yeah, we we adjust this thing down just to the little shade thing. So there's times that like today we stopped once in the mountain pass and they're getting hot and we got stood in the shade and put water on their heads mm. and made sure everybody stayed cool. So <laughs> and so before you left, I mean, Colorado is known for outdoor types and lots of. Uh, cyclists but did people think you were crazy I mean your family and taking us two small children out into the hottest part of the tropics I mean do they think that that you ought to be reported to the child protection league they all know we absolutely love traveling and meeting interesting people so you know they were all for it and they all a lot of them love to travel as well but um, they did think we were a bit a little bit wacko but they knew that about us as well (laughs) So people, people that didn't, I knew would have a bad reaction. I just told them we were going to Thailand. I didn't tell them we were taking going my bike. So I just... And so let's take a look at, at your at your bike. So you're carrying the non-human payload, <laughs> which is four people's crap. Yeah, so that's four people's crap, as you put it. Um, front and back panniers and a great big uh, backpack as well. Yes. Also sporting the Brooks saddle. That's right. <laughs> we really like these, by the way. Once they get broken in, they're the best best ever. <laughs> what sort of mileage have you been doing day to day? Between, um, I guess our biggest day was 140 kilometers, and, you know, usually like so, so 70 kilometers. So I'd say the average is between between maybe 60 to 100. Uh-huh. Um, we're not, you know, we're not trying to go, you know, it all depends on the hills too because it's pretty slow going when you get mm-hmm. steep hills. Yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet. And any punctures or any serious mechanicals? No. No, I, I think uh, God's been really uh, looking out for us because <laughs> that's pretty amazing. And no punctures? No, nothing. No, no. no punctures. So what tyres are you using? We're using uh, got the Schwalbe Marathon yeah. XR. Yeah, okay, there's a big plug going out for the for the Marathon XR. Um, put some, like, uh, the, the white stuff that goes inside, like puncture-resistant stuff. Okay. So, But, yeah, I've been surprised because last trip I, I had punctures daily, so... Yeah, these these tires have been good <laughs> to us. And from here, you I guess you're about halfway to China, not even actually. No. no. We plan on taking a, a bus from here all the way to Bangkok, and I think we might take another bus into to Cambodia to Angkor Wat and we might cycle around there. 
Um, and then we'll, our big, our next big cycle section is going to be through Laos because mm. I hear the roads there are really uh, are not not too many, too much traffic at all. So but there's also not too much tarmac on them either. I think Laos has is better. Like Cambodia is supposed to be really rough. We're not going to cycle a whole lot, but Laos is supposed to have. From I just talked to a cycler that was coming the other direction, and they said they had some really nice pavement and actually some good, good, decent quality roads. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So. Well, hopefully we'll find. We'll see what we find. <laughs> and so, when do you expect to uh, to, to head back home? Um, right now, probably the end end of June. And so we have pretty much three more months from. And we don't have. We only bought one way ticket. We're going to probably buy a ticket here, maybe from Hong Kong or Bangkok, um, here pretty soon because we didn't really want like a strict itinerary. So we're going to have to figure out. But we're we're, we're kind of staying flexible as far as where we're going to go from here. <laughs> What would be your advice to others who maybe look at a family like you and think, I want to do the same? I mean, you obviously know something about cycling um, and know something about bicycles. What do you think people need to know and, and what should their attitude be to making a journey of this kind? Um, I think first off, someone should try doing a lot at home. And then if they if they have, we we did it at home. We, we every time we cycled, the kids were happy. We were happy. We really enjoyed it. So, and that might not be for everybody because it's not always the 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 highs. The the good times are really good, and sometimes the, the hard times can be really hard. So, it's been really we've learned a lot. We've grown closer as a family, and it's been really really a good trip. So, so. what have been some of the highs and the lows? When you're when you're struggling up a hill, that can be a low. No, it's a, too hot. So you get that, grumpy, you know. <laughs> you're kind of short with each other. <laughs> but uh, people like to you're you're really a novelty going around with two kids. So sometimes you could be at a gas station and, and people are so friendly, like they'll give you things, but sometimes you just want to be left alone and you'll be the kids will be crying and you'll have six or seven people standing around asking you questions. But especially in Malaysia was that way. So sometimes you just want to tell people to go fishing or something, you know. So you have kind of reporters from England coming up to you asking <laughs> no, you no, if no. they can interview for the radio and, and so what would your advice be? Well, I, I've learned a lot of patience i think just kind of slow down in your mind and not not expect too much just just enjoy what you're given for the moment you know i think i've learned that a lot through this so well thanks for talking and very best of luck to you yeah thank you so much well that was ryan and elisha witten and i haven't figured out if they made it up to china if they're listening or anyone who knows them's listening drop us a line bike show at gmail.com My name's Buffalo Bill and you're listening to The Bike Show on Resonance FM. Well, before we uh, turn to the next long ride, not quite as long as that tropical odyssey, here is some music. Around the world, and the horn that I honk made a rubber turn and groove. I'm a chilling eight six of girls listening to the who. Oh, the bike that I ride was designed for a girl. Oh, I never knew her name. I'm around the world, the horn that I honk made a rubber turn and groove. I'm a chilling eight six of girls listening to the who. I'm riding the bike of a ghost. It's the most, it's the toast of the town that I'm. 
Well, that was Bucky and the bike that I ride. And observant listeners to The Bike Show will, of course, know that we played the studio version of that song quite a couple of years ago now when we were looking at all the different songs that have been written about bicycling. I just came across that live version recorded in Bristol, I believe. They're a West Country band. And I think it rocks. It rocks. It didn't get such a good uh, good response from the uh, the jury when we did the jukebox jury for bike songs, but um, I think that was that was good. That was very good. So hats off to Bucky. And the next uh, preview that we're going to have regarding the uh, long bike ride that you might want to do at the end of this week is heading west also. It's a rather special ride for those people who maybe got a little bit of a taste for night riding, having taken part in the Dunwich Dynamo, the great cult ride that's been going for, I don't know, dozen, 15 years now which you know started off as a cult ride but i think you could be excused and i'm sure barry mason would excuse me for saying it's a little bit mainstream now i mean it's not quite london to brighton but it's getting that way anyway there's nothing mainstream about rolling to the stones this is a cult ride 100 percent, and it's a ride from london central london leaving at about nine o'clock aiming to get on the night of the summer solstice midsummer night to Stonehenge for dawn. And uh, I asked Darren, a bike messenger in London, who's uh, led it successfully the last couple of years, and he's going to be leading it and making sure that everybody gets to the stones on time, as long as they keep up with him, that is. I asked him to tell me more about the ride. I think over the past few years it's turned into a bit of a courier tradition, with the idea being that you leave London at 9 o'clock from Hyde Park with a view to getting to the sunrise at 4.45 at Stonehenge. And so why on this day? Well, it's the summer solstice, so it's the longest day of the year and the shortest night. There's a bit of a history there, obviously, with all the hippies and the travellers used to go there and have a summer solstice festival. I think it it finished in the 80s with the Battle of the Beanfields, which is a fairly sorry historical moment. But in the last few years, they've relented a little bit and they've opened the stones up. Once for the winter solstice, just before Christmas, and then once for the summer solstice. So there's only two nights of the year when you can actually go in and they take the fences down and you can touch the stones. There's no amplified music, but it's a small festival anyway. Thousands of people turn up. Not so many travellers, but all sorts of people, really. You know, we won't turn up in time to see the Druid procession, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but we will turn up in time for the, uh, for the sunrise, hopefully, which we have done for the last two years. Talk us through the route. Well, we start from Hyde Park at around about 9 o'clock, and then it's out through Notting Hill and through Shepherd's Bush. And then most of the route is the A30, actually, through the likes of Basingstoke. But by that, you know, by that time, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, there's no traffic on the road. So, yeah, it's about 83 miles. So have you got cars screaming past you and trucks? Come the morning, there's one final stretch, the A303, which you have to go along for a couple of miles. And there's a few lorries then, so it gets a bit hairy. But for about 80 miles, really, it's the middle of the night, you know, and all you can really hear is an, is an owl screeching and maybe one or two cars will pass you. So it's pretty smooth and it's pretty quiet and it's pretty lovely, really. And about how many people come along on the ride? Well, this year, I don't know. I think it might be a little bit more popular this year, actually. Um, there's a lot of buzz around the, the messaging community this year. So there's a, there's a lot of excitement uh, and various things that are going on, including um, things to do with the London Career Emergency Fund and then a big event towards the end of the year, which is going to be London's calling. 
um, which is a big three-day sort of courier festival. So that's created a bit of a buzz, and it's created a bit more interest in this Stonehenge ride as well. So the last couple of years, actually, there's only been a small group, sort of five or six, which, as it turns out, has been pretty good, because you can keep it pretty tight, because obviously you're watching the clock the whole time, and you have to get to the church on time sort of thing. Um, but as long as everyone keeps an eye on the clock this year, if there is a bigger crowd, then that's just fine by me. And so what kind of speeds do you have to travel at? I mean, it's, it's, you have to go some to get there on time, don't you, really? Well, it's not a flat route, so it's quite hilly, but you have to generally keep it about 20 miles an hour which means you have to go faster down the hills and then obviously to make up for the time when you're going slower down the hill, um, up the hills. Um, but yeah, so it's a fairly hairy, hairy pace. So that's why uh, really you need a geared bike. Or if you haven't got a geared bike, then if you've got fixed gear, for example, then it might be a good idea if you want to get there in time for the sunrise, to leave a bit earlier. And then, you know, likelihood would be you'd meet us en route. And so for people who fancy it and it's their first time, what do they need to do? Yeah, well, make sure the bike's all right, a couple of spare tubes. It rained in the middle of the night for a short spell uh, last year, so you'll, you'll need waterproofs. Uh, and warm clothes for when you get there, and obviously a bit of money for your breakfast as well. So once you've got to Stonehenge and you've seen the sunrise, what happens then? Well, there's a couple of options. You can, if you're brave or stupid, then you can, you can ride back to London, which a couple of people did from our group last year. Um, fair play to them. We went to Salisbury and had a kip in the, uh, in the cathedral gardens and then had a bit of breakfast and then got the train back. Um, but, yeah, there's a couple of stations you can get the train from, actually. And so for people who want to take part, what do they need to do? They can just turn up, really. It's fairly straightforward. It's the Friday night, which I think is the 20th of June. And then we're going to meet at Hyde Park, uh, Speaker's Corner, around about 8.30, leaving for 9 o'clock, pretty sharp, because I'm going to be watching the clock. Um, so, yeah, bring yourself and your bike and bring some food, bring plenty of liquids and some warm clothes, and, and off we go. Well, I hope to make it there myself for some um, epic wheel-sucking action, because I'm not really uh, fast enough to lead a, a ride like that um, at that speed. Anyway, hope to see you there. If you don't fancy that, then the uh, London Cycling uh, Borough Groups will be organising their usual summer solstice ride. Um, look up on the, the your local Borough Group website for where the feeder ride comes for that. Um, ends up in Primrose Hill to watch the sunrise at 4.43am, followed by uh, various fried breakfast experiences. Taking us up to the hour is... Robin Hitchcock with Only the Stones Remain. And after that, on Resonance 104.4 FM, it's the pleasure of Slum Dunk. Bike Show will be back next week with a special on Lidos and cycling. Go! Ah, oh, yeah! Only the 